Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. If you're a pet owner, have you ever contemplated if your furry housemates really lead secret lives within their own realm? Well, two recent children's books may make you wonder just that. Enter King Frodrick of Bascundia and King Frodrick at War. Both are the creative work of Tulsa-based educator, writer, and artist Brian Cross. I recently talked with Cross about his new children's picture books that are loosely based on the family's dog. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know that I, I just set out to do a, a children's book. I just started doing what entertained me, and I guess I'm a big middle-aged kid because uh, it, turned out to be, <laughs> it turned out to be a children's book. Um, you know, we uh, we have um, lots of pets in our household, as you might expect from a biology professor, um, and we're constantly sort of giving them backstories and uh, personalities and, uh, you know, constantly changing their names, right? Not their official name, but, you know, just whatever we decide to call them. Um, and uh, we started doing that a few years ago with uh, our dog Frodo, um, and uh, Frodo became King Froderick. I was going right. to say, it, it um, sounds like there's a story behind the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we just noticed, or I noticed one day that, uh, you know, that he seemed to hold his paw in a way that invited you to come up and kiss it. Um, and so we started saying, kiss the paw, commoner. And I started, you know, torturing my children with uh, with the King Froderick personality. And he would tell them to go away because their peasant stench was offensive to the royal nostrils and so on. And uh, we just kind of uh, spiraled from there um, into these stories. I began drawing them up. At the first, it's just very sort of crude, you know, sort of stick figure, sort of storyboarding out, you know, the the, uh, the plot and all, uh, and then, you know, rendering them a bit more fully um, as, as, as time went on. Um, and mostly I just did what entertained myself. Um, and, <laughs> you know, you get kind of a, you get kind of a hybrid book, really. I mean, this book is really great for, um, you know, for an adult to read to a kid, because I think it works for both of them. Um, and it's something that they can both share in, because I think it's accessible to um, a certain kind of adult that hasn't lost touch with the, the child inside and, uh, and the kid. I think um, I think it works really well as a book to read to you know read to kids that are you know six seven eight nine ten years old. Uh, I've got a couple of nephews that are seven and nine, um, and um, I read the book to them, and it was really <laughs> it was really it was it was a bonding thing for uh, for uh, for me and my nephews, um, and we now greet each other with uh, uh, you know kiss the paw commoner and. Uh, you may approach peasant, and uh, so it's 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 a lot of fun to inhabit that personality, the sort of oversized uh, ego of uh, of King Froderick. So, when you're both the writer and the illustrator, does the word drive the art, or the art drive the word? I think it kind of bounces back and forth. I mean, there are often times where I'll write something, and so okay, you know. I've got this idea for the, you know, the toilet is the royal chalice, and he's going to drink from the, you know, drink from the royal chalice, and so on. And so I need to do that drawing. Uh, and other times, you know, you're just playing around with, uh, you know, drawing something, and um, you like the expression, and you know, you uh, you find something that then you can work into the story. Probably a little more the story drives, you know, what illustration you need, but there are definitely times in which you'll. Um, 
you know, you'll catch, you know, one of the pets in a particular, you know, look, a particular uh, expression on their face, and you take that and you go, that just has to be in the book. Like, the very last image in the first book is one where I, I took, you know, I took a picture of, of Frodo in that position. He's kind of turned over with his tongue hanging out. And I was like, well, we've got to put that in the in the book somehow. We've got to figure out how to, um, you know, how to how to how to work that in. So it it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the story of of, of King Frederick. Yeah. So King Frederick is uh, he's kind of this Don Quixote figure. He has these delusions of grandeur and believes himself to be the the ruling monarch of the kingdom of Bascundia. I've actually worked up a little map for Bascundia that I've included with the, included with the books, and you can see on the website. Um, so he imagines himself to be the king of this uh, of this realm of Bascundia, and he just sort of, you know, like Don Quixote, kind of just moves forward so quickly, and his personality is so strong that all the other sort of pets get drawn up in, into it. Uh, the first book is him. You know, I really kind of had, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pigeon books by Mo Willems, mm -hmm. where the pigeon is kind of talking to the reader um, and having an argument with the reader. And you never you never hear the reader, <laughs> you know, but you hear the <laughs> pigeon and you kind of infer the conversation. That's kind of how the first book is structured, is that uh, Froderick is, is talking to the reader and trying to get the reader to kiss the paw. And so you go through um, all of these different uh, different episodes where he's, you know, he's, He's, you know, making all the threats that you would expect of a royal monarch. You'll be thrown in the, in the dungeon in the oubliette. I'll, you know, I'll thrash you with the cat of nine tails, right? Call the executioner. So he's he's doing all these things to, um, to, convince the reader to kiss the paw. Um, and then in the second one, uh, structured a little bit differently. Um, in the second one, which is King Frederick at war, King Frederick is having to deal with uh, a new threat to the realm. We have this uh, giant bloodhound that uh, has moved in and is, is threatening to usurp his position. And so King Froderick has to, has to figure out how to deal with this, uh, with this invader. Um, he decides very quickly that it's, it's not a dog, it's a pony, because just the size of it is... <laughs> so he's constantly talking about the pony and, you know, the, his, uh, his sort of sidekick is, uh, is Jester Huxley. Um, and uh, Jester Huxley's, you know, you know, not at all convinced this is a pony, um, but uh, King Froderick will hear none of it, uh, and so he calls it a pony throughout the rest of it. Uh, and so the, this is trying to figure out what to do about uh, about this, uh, you know, this upstart uh, invader who's come in uh, is, the, is the structure of the second book, the story of the second book. It, yeah. As it turned out to be, uh, since it turned out to be a, a a children's book, did you did you start out? Was there a certain um, 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 message or something that you wanted to portray uh, or get across in in the book for um, for not only the parents but for the for the young young readers who were going to be exposed to both the the story and the artwork? Yeah, I think I think the message, if there is one, is that it's okay to have fun and it's okay to pretend that it's okay to, you know, that uh, I, I want, what I really want, you know, kids and adults to get out of that is just sort of, is the is to have the freedom um, to, to take on that, you know, that personality for uh, for a few minutes, uh, for, for a while, for an hour, uh, you know, as they're reading through the books. I want them to to, to be able to have the fun of getting outside themselves and uh, inhabiting this uh, this very imperious character, um, and to and to laugh, um, 
You know, I, I've never been one for sort of heavy-handed messages. Um, you know, it's not that I object to any of the messages about, <laughs> you know, about uh, friendship and, and, and all the rest. Uh, I just... Uh, I just think that it has to entertain first um, and it has to kind of set free the imagination. And I think um, you're not, you're not wrong if you, if you've done that, you know, the book has just these uh, amazing um, illustrations. And uh, uh, did you, I know you mentioned that you were, you were catching uh, your dog Frodo in, in various in, in various places. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that work? Are you, are you snapping pictures of him? Or are you are you are you are you sketching? How did you yeah. how did you come up with these I, these wonderful illustrations? Yeah, I had I had to you know buy new gigabytes of storage to <laughs> to to, uh, to to deal with all the photos. Yeah, it's it's lots and lots of pictures trying to get the proper perspective. And some people ask me, well. Use your imagination and just put him in the position. And it's like, well, you know, every artist has this particular process. And uh, for me, I have to really be working through something, especially with, you know, the characters are not cartoon characters, mm -hmm. really. They, you know, they're they're tried to. I've tried to render them realistically, um, and so, um, you know, I have to really be working from something. And so, you know, we try to. Get the get them in the right position um, without making them too upset about about the whole process, you know, and uh, just kind of be on the lookout for when they spontaneously adopt the posture that you want them in. You know, there's a scene from the book where he's eating from the trash can, and there's another scene where he's uh, you know he's drinking from the toilet, which is the the royal chalice as he calls it, um, and. Uh, uh, so, so I had to try, you know, you spend all your time trying to keep the dog from eating in the trash can and drinking out of the toilet. And then as soon as you want them to do it, right, they're having none of it. Uh, so we had to try to coax them, convince them somehow to get into the right position so that, uh, so that I could draw them. So what I do is I take a picture and then based upon the picture, I work up a drawing and then I take a picture of the drawing Right. Um, hopefully, a good resolution picture of the drawing, and then I digitally edit it, adjust the contrast, take out stray marks that I don't want there, and um, um, uh, you know, add, add the color, and the colors added in digitally um, mm -hmm. after the fact, and so on. This is definitely, I, would, I guess, fits squarely in the genre of of, of children's picture book, but the, mm -hmm. the the humor that goes that that goes with this, um, I, where. Where does that 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 come from? Is that naturally your your tend to your writing style? It tends to be more humorous, or, yeah. or that, was this just kind of spontaneous thing that just grew out of the subject matter? Or is there, I mean, is there um, you know, a hidden stand-up comedian somewhere in 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 the background in the <laughs> lurking out there too that wants to get out? I, I think I think there is definitely a stand-up comedian that wants to get out. Um, you know, I I have a you know a, a try kind of offbeat sense of humor and I try to um, and I use it to hopefully to good effect in in my teaching um, and I think that has spilled over into the into the books obviously and I mean that's part of what it's the personalities and the the sort of the um, the subtext of what's going on between the between the pets and what Huxley really thinks of Frodo and so on there are all these different aspects to that that yeah, I think um, 
I think are probably a little unusual in a children's book. But like I said, I think that's why it works so well mm -hmm. for an adult to read to a child because they're both right. getting it, maybe getting it on different levels. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, very small children can enjoy it just, just looking at the illustrations, um, hopefully. Um, and then, um, you know, older kids are going to get that in a bit more of the, of the sort of dry, ironic humor. Um, and hopefully the adult gets everything, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, but like I said, it, I think it works really well for an adult to read to a kid. I, I had to laugh. I was reading the, the pull quotes on the, on the back cover uh -huh, of, yeah. of the book. Of the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, the, and I, it, uh, the one that really made me laugh, I think, was the one something to the fact it was sorely lacking from a, a, a feline perspective. That's right, yeah. <laughs> a, a chauvinistic work, <laughs> sorely lacking in feline that's, perspective, yeah. That's, so, that's, yeah. That's the one. Was, was that, I, 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 it was so funny to see that, in especially in a children's book, where not only right. are you writing what's inside the book, but you're, you're you know, coordinating that with what's yeah. outside the book as well. <laughs> right, yeah, I, and, I think that that is that has landed well uh, too. I think uh, I've, you know a lot of kids. Again, probably you know the sort of slightly older kids. Right, I get that and really find that funny. Um, you know, and what else are you going to do if you don't have celebrities to endorse your book? Right, you've got to you've got to find some way to make it fun. So, <laughs> yeah. So what's next? Is there more from from King Frederick, or, or, or are we going to, or do you have a, a feline in in the household that is going to be stored? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, there is a, there is a, there, the, I should have mentioned earlier that there is a very important feline character in here. Um, in the first book, uh, we have the character of Tiny Kitten, and Tiny Kitten plays um, the king's executioner in the first book. <laughs> Uh, and then Tiny Kitten in the second one plays the uh, the chief of the armed forces. So it's General Tiny Kitten, and Tiny Kitten has kind of a pit helmet on, the little spike on the top, and he is uh, drafted when King Froderick decides to you know cry havoc and let slip the hounds of war, um, or the Tiny Kittens of war. Uh, he, he calls on General Tiny Kitten. So there there is that. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to take the King Frodick series next. Um, you know, I think uh, I've, I really enjoyed writing up the profile, the sort of short uh, country profile of Bascundia. So we might delve a bit more into Bascundian culture in the third book. Um, I am also working on a middle grade fantasy series, uh, Tales of the Ogre Guard. So I'm working on that as well, too. Um, looking just just you know, looking for a publisher uh, for for that series, um, but I definitely don't think that I'm done with King Froderick. Um, it's just too much fun um, playing around with uh, with the you know the personalities created here. I don't don't see myself just letting it go. So uh, when the inspiration strikes, we will we will add a third volume to the uh, to the series. Yeah. Is it? I always find it interesting. Um, is it easier or more difficult being both writer and illustrator when you're doing a book like this? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I don't know. I've never um, worked on a book where, you know, another illustrator was coming in to do the drawings um, or another author was coming in to do the text. I, I can't imagine doing it the way that it's usually done, you know, where somebody writes up a story and then they shop it out to an illustrator and an illustrator writes, uh, you know, does, does the illustrations. I can't imagine. It just, they just are so intimately connected with each other. Um, I just can't imagine creating and not 
doing the drawings or creating and not doing the text. Uh, to me, it, it's very natural for those two to go together. Um, and, um, you know, I, you know, I have to, you know, I guess maybe I'm a, a King Froderick. I need to be master of my realm here and I have to have control over everything. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it, it seems to me, it seems a lot easier. I mean, obviously there's more work cause you're doing both of it, but in terms of the creative process and not being stifled or unhappy with one or the other, right, which I imagine has to happen at some point when illustrators and authors are working together. You have control. You don't like something that goes away, you know. Well, I, I would think also it's also very much more personal. I think that comes out yeah. in the illustrations, too. Just Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the illustrations are very, you know, they're very intimate, hopefully, you know, very soft focus um, um, and realistic, hopefully, as well, too. Um and I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully it draws you in. Folks that hear this and want to find out more, how, where can they go to get more information on the books? Well, you can, um, uh, they can be purchased on Amazon. Uh, you can also purchase them from me directly through my website, which is kingfroderick.com. Um, and you can see more of uh, my art. You know, I, I do, a, we didn't get into it, but I, I you know, I, I do paint as well. And mm -hmm. I've uh, got lots of uh, wildlife art and fantasy art. Um, at erewhonart.com, that's E-R-E-H-W-O-N art.com. Uh, so you can see more of, uh, of, uh, of my other drawings and illustrations and things there. Um, but for the books specifically, just kingfroderick.com. That's author, artist, and educator Brian Cross. His new children's picture books are King Froderick of Bascundia and King Froderick at War. When he's not creating art, Brian teaches biology at Tulsa Community College. For this edition of Id the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.